Good morning, nine minutes to nine. James Ross with Money Talk uh, through until nine. Then it's back chat. And now it's time for our view from Australia. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show Abhijit Surya, who is Australia and New Zealand economist at Capital Economics. Good morning, Abhijit. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. Nice to have you on the show. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, it's been a a pretty tumultuous week around the banking world uh, in the US and Europe. What's the feeling in Australia? uh, Is there a feeling that that contagion has has spread to Australia as well? Um, So I should say that uh, financial markets are definitely feeling the jitters. Uh, So... The Reserve Bank is due to meet in April and financial markets are basically saying that the Reserve Bank will put its tightening cycle on pause. Um, I mean, but there's little reason to think that the financial markets have it right this time around because from uh, the indicators that we're tracking, there's really no sign that uh, Australian banks are going through the stress that we've seen elsewhere in the US and Europe. So basically, uh, unlike... uh, the, the problems that took down some of um, the banks uh, in U.S. and Europe were things like their exposure to unrealized bond losses. Though Australian banks don't face the same problems. To the extent that um, uh, this turmoil in global uh, financial markets could affect Australian banks, it would be by clogging up their wholesale funded, funding markets. But as far as we, uh, we can tell, there's really that, that's just not happening. It's not happening right now, and there's... Yeah, like, banks aren't going to the central bank because they're feeling the liquidity squeeze. So, I mean, overall, there's not that much to be concerned about in terms of mm. Australian banking sector, at least at this moment. Banks are well capitalized. They have sufficient liquidity. And um, I think it also bears mentioning that um, in general, like it's definitely possible for central banks to compartmentalize financial stability risks and inflation concerns. Uh, as we saw, the Fed, the ECB, the BOE, the Norges Bank, uh, the SNB, all of them do this week. Well, last week, of course, we we did uh, hear a lot of uh, noise from uh, traders and so on that uh, that maybe interest rates would be put on he- on hold. But in fact, you know, the Fed went ahead with its uh, twenty five basis point rise. You know, you mentioned that the RBA is likely to put up uh, rates um, next month, but I guess who knows? It could change before then, though, couldn't it? That's right. I mean, it, I think it's fair to say that. Uh Markets have been very volatile, and the RBA, like at at its meeting, it definitely said that it would consider the case for a pause. Right? It 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 said that outright. Mm. But here's the thing: it said that the whether or not it decides to hold uh, hold rates will depend on basically four uh, data points that come out before the next meeting. And we've already got two of those data points, which is uh, the business surveys and. Um, uh, labor market data. So the labor market data for February showed that employment bounced back with a vengeance. The unemployment rate is now at 3.5% in Australia, which is close to a 48-year low. So, I mean, that's not really telling you that uh, demand is cooling. And even business, uh, the business survey showed that the business conditions are on steady ground. They only uh, edge down at the margin. I mean, they're basically in positive territory. Um, so, I mean, based on those two data points, it's highly unlikely that you can make a case that um, uh, rates should be kept on hold. But I mean, I think it will come down to inflation data, which come out next week, uh, as well as retail sales. If those of if either or both of those 
uh, disappoint uh, considerably, then we could potentially see the risk of uh, the RBA uh, keeping rates on hold. But as things stand, we don't expect that to happen. I think the surveys are saying that uh, inflation is predicted to ease in Australia from 7.1% in the first quarter to 4.1% in the fourth quarter. So um, that over the year, that's looking quite good. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, we, we ourselves uh, expect a fairly sharp deceleration in the headline inflation rate. But I would take that with a pinch of salt because A, the bank will um, tra- will track um, the trim mean uh, inflation rate, which is basically a measure of uh, core inflation. And that's going to be slower to come down just because uh, we're expecting services inflation to drop down very slowly. This partly reflects the fact that uh, because of low productivity, unit labor costs in Australia are surging, like growth in unit labor costs are surging rather. And so that's going to keep services inflation relatively high and will make the pace of disinflation, uh, of, um, it'll make core inflation come down at a slow rate. And beyond that, even, even though we have, uh, inflation coming down somewhat rapidly, uh, in percentage point terms, it bears mentioning that, that, like, we don't expect inflation to be compatible with a return to the banks. Uh, two to 3% inflation target until 2024. So we think that uh, rate cuts will not materialize before um, mid-2024 at the earliest. So overall, economic expansion in 2023, possibly a bit weaker than expected, but uh, but still going along at a reasonable pace? Um, I mean, in the sense, yes, so we don't expect Australia to fall into recession the way, I mean, we do say in the U.S., for instance. Uh, we do expect a technical recession in the U.S. Uh, I mean, and this banking turmoil all but confirms that. But in Australia, we're going to see the uh, economy narrowly avoid a recession. But it will, we think it will grow at just about 1%, which is a fairly weak growth for Australian standards, especially when you consider it with the pre-pandemic trend of close to 3%, right? So, and it's it's definitely, we will see the economy performed below potential, but it will uh, avoid a recession in our view. And just finally, there's always an obsession with property prices uh, in Australia, or at least it seems that way. Um, I think you're saying that uh, property prices, uh, you know, still going to fall a bit further? Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I, I mean, so we've seen uh, in the last, uh, since basically Feb, the rate of property price decline sort of eased. And in, if you look at daily data for Mars, they're, they're actually on the up a little bit. Um, but we think more likely than not, that's a false start. Uh, and that's happened before um, in previous housing downturns. When you look at the, uh, the housing downturns in the late 80s or even the early 90s, um, it, it's happened before that uh, we've seen false starts. And we think that's what's playing out right now. Um, but of course, we're in a little bit of unprecedented territory because the RBA has never uh, has not hiked into a housing downturn for this long. Um, but that said, I mean, the fact is the fundamentals still suggest mm. that we should have further declines in house prices just because affordability is the it's 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 the most stretched it's been in several decades. And um, even though. Um, Mm. How, uh, housing and uh, especially with housing supply uh, starting to come online with given the huge pipeline of projects uh, underway. I mean, oh yeah, we should definitely see house prices fall back further. Abhijit Suya is Australian New Zealand economist at Capital Economics. Thank you very much, Abhijit.